And welcome to BSD Talk number 28. It's Wednesday, March 29, 2006. Some interesting news. According to the DistroWatch website, version 1.0 of the desktop BSD project has started to hit the mirrors, so it looks like a release is coming any day now. Now, on to the interview. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Liam Foy. And so why don't I give you an opportunity to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about some of the projects that you're working on. My name's Liam Foy and I've been around the BST community for quite a while now. One of my primary projects recently was to port a CARP to the NetBSD KNL. CARP stands for the Common Address Redundancy Protocol. Um, and it well, first appeared in the OpenBSD operating system. The basic concept behind CARP, for example, would be this. If you say had, you had two machines, both of them were configured to act as firewalls obviously within the network. With CARP, you'd have one which was um, it'd be the master or what you could call primary. And then you'd have, for example, another machine, which would be the backup, which you can call just, for example, a slave or... Just like a hot swap, you can just it'll just bounce up. And just say, for example, the 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 master firewall ended up going down for whatever reason would be, the backup machine would almost instantaneously jump into the master's what you could say shoes and begin handling all traffic for destined for that IP which both machines are set up for. And but there's there's all there's all types of little things you can do with CARP within the kernel. You can also set some is controls which can change the behavior so you can you can actually favor some machines over others so for example if you always wanted the most resourceful machine on the internet on sorry your network um, to be the master when it could actually be the master it will always be the master and the backup machine will only act as backup when the master's down so as soon as the master ends up coming back up it shoots straight into its original shoes and obviously the benefits of this are, are obviously pretty obvious uh, one I always I always say and I've read about and it's actually I've actually experienced it in a way. And very helpful when you're obviously upgrading machines. Firewall being a very mission critical part of the network. Uh, failure you need to try and keep to minimal obviously. But obviously once you've grabbed the new sources for the your obviously your firewall, whatever it's whatever you're using and built it. And then you reboot the kernel and find out that something's gone wrong, you know, the network's actually down. But if you enabled something like CARP and had a backup machine, the this the firewall that you were obviously updating could go down and stay down for a while while you fix the problem. And also with CARP, you're more likely to update your network as well. Not the network, but you're more likely to update the firewall machines, not run old software on them. So it gives you it's just a really generally great great project that the the OpenBSD uh, developers have, have wrote on. It's all as shouldn't it should know. It's also available in FreeBSD, and I'm also making tracks on bringing it into uh, Dragonfly. And wasn't CARP uh, designed in response to Cisco's VRRP 
being patent encumbered and yeah 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 well there's a lot of legal issues surrounding car um, but it's pretty much beyond the scope of what, what we're talking about and uh, it's not really interesting but there is a difference between CARP and VARP well I should say there's many changes uh, the biggest and most visible change in CARP would be the cryptography that it actually it uh, implements into the actual protocol um, but the, the, it should also be noted that for example if you had uh, two firewalls they should really be running Nature the same software, for example, with the same rules, which can actually be done using PF Sync, which you can just Google and read more about. It's useful for firewalls, but what about web servers and other services? Yeah, well, it works exactly the same way. Um, you have a web server, it ends up going down for whatever reason, needs updating. With CARP, you could literally just pull a plug out the, the back of the network, and the backup machine will instantaneously take the uh, jump into a choose and start serving the, the traffic the, obviously both machines have to be the same and have the same data and everything else which is pretty obvious as, uh, anyway but there's been some really cool demonstrations of CARP I'm not I won't say the name of the person because I'm not too sure exactly who it is but one of the OpenBSD developers done it in a conference where I think he was streaming some data uh, music or video or something on them lines and he, uh, he actually took a, a like a pickaxe and um, <laughs> literally chopped one of the cables in half. Obviously, must be coming from like the primary server or the master server. I think that's it anyway. And that uh, the stream was completely flawless. And I think I think he made I think it was like one of the best like shows that's been seen. Like it, it's meant to be pretty impressive, and it got the crowd going a lot. Like, yeah. So when you say that you ported it to NetBSD, does that mean it's already in current releases of NetBSD or it will hopefully be coming up in a future release? Well the patch has been released um, into NetBSD and I've had some great feedback there was one little minor error found within the patch which reported and fixed and it's working excellent now in the KNL I've had little problems with it others have had little problems with it it's basically working very soundly with all the other major BSDs such as FreeBSD and OpenBSD so if you want to check that out, please do. We're hoping to have it in the tree. It has been basically okayed. So we're just waiting to, well, for it to be actually committed into the tree, yeah. And uh, any other projects you're working on around the, the BSD kernel or, or code? I've also done a lot of work in the NetBSD userland and Dragonflies. Apart from that, that's it. Just sort of tinker around, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, basically. What got you interested in working with the BSDs? Well, I first became interested in, in BSD, and I was at around the age of about 15, 14, 15, something on them lines, and I borrowed a free BSD disk. Uh, I can't remember the actual release number. I'm not too sure. It was an old one, anyway, um, from a friend. Basically, after, a, after digging through the documentation, reading things, Typing man a couple of hundred times, you actually managed to get obviously X Windows working, uh, installed a few applications and a few ports, and I basically took off from there. Just wanted to take it further and further and learn more. And what versions of BSD are you running personally, either for workstations or servers? Well, at home, um, I have three i386 machines at home. For me, primary desktop runs uh, NetBSD 3. 
0.0, and that just runs well everyday applications that I, I use, uh, email, editors, web browsers, things like that. I also have a, a pretty really slow machine that I ported Carp on, which Carp BNC ARP, which runs obviously NetBSD current head, and it also it also dual boots with FreeBSD, which I sometimes use and fl flick into for the little things testing and whatnot, and also runs FreeBSD current on that as well. I try and keep everything to a bare minimum, really. Uh, normally just run Fluxbox. None of my hardware is really that fancy. I did pour carp on a really bad machine, like 180 megahertz, 64 megabit RAM, and a 6 gigabyte hard disk, but <laughs> I managed to get there with it. And what about any projects out there on the web? You're involved in a, a BSD website, aren't you? Yeah, well, it's pretty to my surprise. It's like a lot of people have contacted me regarding this website when it, it went down for a little while due to the hosting it was on. It was bsdportal.org, which is basically a collective group of RSS feeds related to uh, BSD, basically. I wanted this whilst I was in university, and like many other BSD you know, people who are trying to find out the, the news and latest things that are coming out. I wanted just one place where I could go, see all the feeds. Just on one page, I could quickly scan through them and choose whatever I wanted to read. I literally put it on some free hosting at metawire.org, which is some free open source solution, and they actually do run uh, OpenBSD. And then I just posted to a few of the mailing lists, and I got a, a lot of positive feedback. And, people were saying great and so I just sort of added more and people were contacting me with, with feedback and suggestion, suggesting more RSS feeds so today now there's, there's, I don't think we're missing any major ones if you want to take a look I go to bsdportal.org quite often because it, it does save me from having to click around to the variety of BSD websites so I've, I've really found it to be very useful I'm really surprised I mean I was looking to buy a domain, but obviously I'm, I'm a student, so I don't have a lot of money, really. Um, and I was just put up on a, a small note saying, uh, would anyone like to buy a domain? And I, I got like six responses within the first day, which is unbelievable, really. So people are really using it. There's been a few problems with it at the start, with the host and um, MetaWire at up and down every five minutes, and the swap and provide, there's a lot of the time. So I, I actually ended up moving to is it SDF the freeshell.org I think you've done an interview with the guy who run that a while back um, it was on that for a while and, and I thought it was okay and it was running fine but I don't know why but the account ended up being removed and it was saying well not removed but uh, the PHP was restricted because BSD portal is quite heavy heavily written in PHP it uses Magpie RSS which is written in PHP and then there's more PHP on top of BSD portal so it is quite heavy, especially the home page. Heavy compared to most websites, which are just showing a few links. But now it's hosted by uh, a friend, and he's got a very reliable server. So it's hosted on there, and it should be getting better soon. Because currently the domain is for, it goes goes to a namesake, and then it's forwarded on to this server. But it's going to be set up so obviously it can just go directly to the actual um, server that it's actually on now. I'd like also Ali, I'd like to say thanks to the man who actually I won't I won't mention his name but who bought the domain for me is quite nice of him yeah and yeah. everyone else who offered <laughs> and and that's you know brings me to another question around the BSD community in general there are 
so many websites out there for other free operating systems. And, you know, I've observed that there seems to be fewer websites out there regarding the BSDs. And obviously now you've, you know, spent some time in the whole website and advocacy of BSD um, world. And I just was wondering about your thoughts about, you know, is it true or do you feel that there that the BSD community is perhaps more quiet than other communities? And if so, why? Well, I, I wouldn't say it was quiet. I mean, you only have to subscribe to the, the, the mailing lists for any of the BSD projects and there's a there's a hell of a lot of traffic and, and emails that are flying past. So I wouldn't say it was dead on the major websites. And I mean, I don't think there's that many BSD dedicated websites, although there's a few, but if you're comparing to say Linux or something like that, obviously there is very few in, in comparison. But in, in my opinion, I would I wouldn't say it was quiet. There's plenty of RSS feeds out there. Um, I'm not too sure how many BSD portal has now, but it's a good number. I just think this whole BSD dying quiet is a lot of crap, really. You know, I mean, it was only a while back I found out that the whole of my university network's built completely, completely on NetBSD and OpenBSD machines, and they handle NFS, mail, and a I think it was there was something else as well, and it slipped my mind. But that serves about five thousand students, all the staff, and it also serves about well, it gives internet connection to about three thousand students living in student halls. So, I mean, I personally don't think PSD is quiet, but it is quiet in comparison to obviously the other other operating systems out there. Yeah, yeah, and I and I don't know, um, you know, whether it's just a lack of advertising dollars. You know, other operating systems have large companies behind them. Of you, know, re- you know, with press releases and and everything else. You know, we have a saying here: "Still waters run deep." And maybe um, the BSD community is not as rough waters as other communities, but uh, there's a lot of depth mm. to what's going on. Well, you see, large communities aren't always good. You know, you have to sort of balance it. If you have a large community, it also brings other problems. But I think BSD serves its purpose very well. And I wouldn't say the community was really as quiet as what it's made out to be at all now. All right. Well, I want to thank you very much for speaking uh, with the BSD Talk podcast today. And uh, maybe we'll catch up with you again at a future time. Maybe when CARP makes it into the next BS- or NetBSD release. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye. If you'd like to leave comments on the website... You can reach it at bsdtalk.blogspot.com or if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com Thank you for listening, and this has been BSD Talk number 28.